You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Joe Clark, here we are recording once again, this time in the morning, <laughs> but it is a great morning to be chatting to you. Yes, and you, brother. How have you been? Oh, good, good. I've just got off the phone with another pastor who in the in the rural Australia. Um, nice. Who's uh, yeah, we we're chatting about some things, which was good. And, There's nothing uh, quite like having that chat with a brother or sister in Christ who's serving Jesus somewhere else and just understanding what God's doing in their life and their church. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Country uh, towns. And, and a city like Newcastle are different in some ways, but then mm. there's great commonality in ministry. So to be mm. chatting with a brother, um, yeah, encouraging for me, hopefully encouraging for him as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it would have been. How about you, Joe? Oh, good. Well, I, this leads me to the Bible chat I wanted to have with you. I was planning to talk about Ephesians this morning, but I just caught up with um, an MTS apprentice who um, is, is her name's Charlotte. She's actually my fellow, our colleague Jenny's MTS apprentice for the two years, but Jenny's on long service leave. So Charlotte and I have been catching up for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And we've been reading through Genesis. And we were reading about Noah in Genesis 7, and we were trying to make a link to Noah in the New Testament. And we were thinking, okay, because, mm-hmm. you know, whenever you read the Old Testament, you're thinking, okay, how does this work with Jesus? Mm. How does this fit? What, what references to Noah are made in the New Testament? And so we found what I found to be so encouraging and quite an unfamiliar passage in 2 Peter 2. So I just thought I'd read it. Um, So from verse 4 of 2 Peter 2. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them with, to ashes but, and made them an example of what's going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless, for that man living among them day after day was tor- tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds of he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desires of the flesh and despise authority. And I read this with Charlotte. Charlotte and I were reading it together and then we were doing a little bit of writing together for a writing task she had. Mm-hmm. And the thought that just kept going through my mind is the phrase in verse 9, if this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, and he knows how to judge sin, that I can be confident that God knows how to do this. And then my mind immediately went to that God knows how to make us godly in that he's saved us in Jesus and he's given us the Holy Spirit. We have a new self we're putting on all the time, that that's all a gift from him. And so God has done this great work of of making us fit for his kingdom, saving us, rescuing us, Yeah, and he knows how to judge sin. And it was just this wonderful moment where the story of Noah, which I find sometimes hard to approach because it's so... (laughs) <laughs> otherworldly it's so different yes it just made sense in a way that i really enjoyed so yeah there you are <laughs> that's that's good i've been reading a little bit on noah in um augustine city of god which I've oh really a of times yes and that is um yeah that's 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 pretty out there he's got a lot of interesting ideas such as the dimensions of the ark being similar to the dimensions of the human body 
and that the ark represents Christ. <laughs> but that's um, that's taking off taking us into strange territory. I want to come back to what you're saying, Joe. And yeah. That is, um, yeah. Just picking up on that that uh, verse. I mean, this is what often what we do in our in our conversations, isn't it? We mm. share some Bible reading, and it's it's we're not saying this here is an expert. Ex- Ex- exposition of no, <laughs> the passage. No. We we share about our, our, our personal bar reading. Yeah. Or in and, this case, reading. Yeah, and just we, feeling so struck by how Peter just uses this language, if this is so. Like mm. if you see that Noah was preserved, this righteous man was yeah. preserved and sin was judged, if you can see that and you can see that Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot was preserved and you can mm. see mercy but mm. also judgment. Yeah. You can understand that God can save the righteous, and I just yeah. thought, oh, it helps me to understand Noah so much. It helps me understand who God is. Yeah, and, and I'm always, I always need that more and more reminders about. Look at this Old Testament example. Look at what it shows you about God. And yeah, yeah, and it, it definitely moved me to think about. Well, righteousness is not something I do for myself. It's gift. Yeah. It's a gift. It's it's God work in me, just as it would have been for Noah, because the context of depravity and sin. Mm. began before Noah. So he wasn't righteous in himself. He was, you know, mm. God had given him that that, and he, he was obeying God. Yeah. Um, anyway, to, to I was know so the, encouraged. Um, yeah, the rescue the trial, godly from trials. I expect some of our listeners might be in trials at the moment, experiencing mm. trials. Mm. Um, and yeah, so absolutely. Here's, here's a little promise, it, it, just in case, yeah, we'd begun to think that this was over God's head too much yeah. for him. Yeah. Too much for the Lord to um to to know what to do with our situation. Uh, yeah, it's the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my mind, just as you were saying that, that is such a lovely word of comfort. Um, my mind goes straight to the the Psalms, which comfort us and say we can cry out to mm. God, our rock, our refuge, our shelter, our rescuer. All of that language is so rich, and we yeah. see. We can look back to Noah. We can look forward to Jesus, and we can have the words for us in Psalms. And so, isn't yeah. it great? Like I'm just so comforted to be reminded that God does is a rescuer. He loves He loves to do that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, I think you've also, as I'm listening to you, you're showing how uh, to read the Old Testament has a spiritual impact on our lives today. Yeah. So, um, two Peter could have just said, "Here's a logical statement: God rescues." But he, that's right. He's so steeped in the Old Testament, in the story of Noah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Charlotte and I, as we were talking, we were talking about how it says, and God said to Noah, blah, 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 but we have it written down for us. How do we know that God said that? Even that is a mercy to us, Mm. that God caused his words to be written down for us to know. Even the Old Testament, the having of the Old Testament is a gift and to enjoy and know God more. It's a a gift of God's self-revelation. So, yeah, yeah. You can hear I'm quite excited about it. Like I felt really energized by this time in the Bible with Charles well, when it was yeah. such a great time. That's one of the things we, we love to communicate on homegrown faith. That, mm. you know, people, I think, yeah, people who read their Bible, people who read, say, about Noah are going to find reminders there of God's rescue yeah. and trials. Yeah. There's yeah. a definite connection, not, yeah. not just head knowledge, but um, the habit of reading the old stories. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Makes an impact on us now. Yeah. But anyway, we got into the Bible. We didn't really talk about our hobbies. I was just so excited. <laughs> Things have been happening. <laughs> do you still want to talk about what's been happening this week, Richard, or do you just want to get on with what you've been reading? <laughs> I, I've got a book here that I just, I just want to share one brief hobby interest. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, tell me. I have been uh, 
my hobby, my interest at the moment has been learning Japanese kanji. Oh, what, what's, what's kanji? <laughs> which is sort of the Chinese characters that are used in the Japanese oh, of language. Of course, of course. Yes, um, yes, yes. And I've got a fun little book called Learning Japanese Kanji. And um, this is so <laughs> far removed from usually what I do with my life. Uh, but, you know, this, the, they look just like, if you're not familiar with them, they're just a whole heap of squiggles. Yeah. Um, but as this book explains, they're all kind of made up of components. And ah. this uh, author does a great job of attaching kind of fun things to the, a little a series of lines, like he'll call them um, a, a chimney or um, a, <laughs> some ballroom dancers or a broken picnic table or a, a cheerleader. And I just came across the word for church in the, um, oh. kanji number 369, well, which is not, it's two kanji, um, but it's the, uh, the, the first kanji is the word for, is the symbol for teach which is made up of um, the symbol for earth. Well, no, he calls the components of earth, child, comet, and cheerleaders. <laughs> and, which uh, comes together for teach. Yep, got yeah, it. It comes, comes together means teach, which is pronounced in, you know, in different ways, but oshi or cure. And yep. uh, combine, so you combine cure, teach, with the symbol for meat, which is an umbrella plus a spy. <laughs> You get the word kyokai. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> What's so, the word? Sorry, I interrupted Kyokai you. is the Japanese word for church okay. right. um, that I'm reading here. So, um, wow. I don't know, yeah, where all this is going, but I think I probably, I, I love just being slightly orientated when I'm around scripts and writing and language. Yeah. So, um, uh, it's a bit to, of fun. Yeah, to know that, um, yeah. So, I enjoyed reading the word for church today in my little yeah. bit of kanji hobby time. But that's, I wanted to share that just while I've got the book out and ready to go. But, uh, otherwise, that know, in good. principle, happy to skip straight to Bible stuff. Yeah, sorry. No, that was fun. I, As I was like talking, I was like, wait, we're in the Bible. We haven't talked about our fun things. We're going rogue. We've never done this before. <laughs> that's right. But oh, dear. I will briefly share as well some uh, some Bible re- some yeah, reading I'll that I've done. It. What have you been so reading? I just opened up a book um, in the last day or two on um, called One and Two Timothy for You by Philip Jensen. And ah, yeah. this is a book in the series of the sort of for you kind of things. Um, and it's um, inter- really helpful little series, um, and uh, this one particularly. But it's kind of like a, it's not really a commentary, uh, but it's a bit more than a devotional. Um, okay. Yep. So you, you know how devotional will often have just one or two lines or a, one or two que- yeah. questions, which is, you know, many times that's entirely good and appropriate. That's what you want. Um, and But a commentary is quite detailed and methodical and, and long. This kind of sits in a middle zone so that if this is my plan is to, at, with my Bible reading, to read a few pages of this to go a little bit deeper into 1 Timothy mm. without the whole way into a commentary. Um, and so, yeah, it's about 150, 70 pages on one and two Timothy. And, um, this morning it lived up to my hopes, um, as, uh, <laughs> Philip Jensen talked about one and two Timothy and he said that, um, in the introduction, he said, he says, these are missionary letters and, and this, these little, uh, these little sentences were, were struck me. He says, um, the context of 1 and 2 Timothy is the Christian mission. Christianity is missionary at heart. Jesus himself was on mission. He was sent by his father and came into the world to save sinners, 1 Timothy 1.15. Um, 
And so he's inviting us to see this as missionary correspondence. Mm. And I thought, oh, wow, that's actually quite striking. Um, it's mission. It's, it, it mm. just it gave a sharper edge on to, to, to these words and challenged me as, um, to, to, to have mission at my heart as well. Um, mm. Mm. And that these letters are missionary let- letters. So yeah. that was great. And, and because 1 and 2 Timothy are so much, they, you know, they're called the pastoral epistles. They're about this young leader, his spiritual father talking to him. It can feel almost like it's more about church or it's about mm. church leadership. Yeah. But when he says they're missionary letters, you go, yeah, of course, this is the context. And we yeah. should read them accordingly. Like we've, we're about, it's about evangelizing people for their salvation and for God's yeah. glory. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So very quickly, the agenda was like, maybe sit up and take notice. And I'm, yeah, looking forward to reading, being challenged, hopefully responding yeah. with a soft heart to God's word um, as uh, Philip explains it a bit more as we go through. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, one and two, Timothy, for you. Happy to recommend this one. And, um, yeah. So I'll, you said I'll, it's I'll, part of a series, did you say? Yeah, yeah. It's by the Good Book Company and okay. uh, they've written it on other books. So okay. Um, okay. generally that's. Yeah, that's likely to be good. But yeah. a, just an, another thing to try perhaps for getting a bit of time in the Bible, yeah. um, uh, a little bit of reading, different to yeah. a kind of Christian living style book, which I yeah. often read as well. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm in at the moment. That sounds good. Hey, when you, when you make these decisions to add something extra, um, do you ever struggle to follow through with them or is it that – your personality and your convictions and your character mean that you really do follow through with them every time. Oh, with this one, something extra, I have come off about a term of quite hectic ministry life and mm. have had nothing particularly extra in my Bible reading time. Uh, and so bringing this on was about right. Um, and I'm about to um, do something less in a few days' time as part mm-hmm. of my Bible reading routine as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it's a good question. It's not all about adding. <laughs> You've got to, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess I was curious because you strike me as someone who's very disciplined and um, there might be people who are listening, like I wrestle with discipline and um, I, I was keen to understand your mindset because one thing you said a long time ago, months ago, was, you know, the idea of just getting the Bible open is what matters, not adding heaps of extra things if that's going to mm. get in the way of actually just opening the Bible. Yeah. And so when you're talking about adding, it, it, I think that complements what you were saying earlier <laughs> in the past where it's like, yeah, you want to make sure you get the Bible open, but also why not in different seasons bring that little something in to help boost your growth um, yeah, yeah. to keep to keep not just that's a wrong phrase but it, you know, to, to keep working harder in in god's word and growing from him yeah you and i are always about fresh ideas <laughs> we and, do love and, a good fresh idea <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll dispute with you my your diagnosis of me is disciplined you should have seen oh, okay. this in the morning <laughs> just when i should have been getting into uh some some uh prep work i decided to uh vacuum up the dust around the exhaust fan in one of our bathrooms <laughs> which is just a typical thing that happens when I'm trying to work from home. Suddenly this job. That's also that exhaust fan could not remain one second longer. (laughs) That's a job I've postponed literally for eight eight years now, Joe. (laughs) Sorry, that's funny. It does make me see you in a different light because I do have you in the disciplined, hyper-disciplined categories. It's just as likely. I'm, I'm doing a job that uh, I've been postponing for eight years. So. Oh gosh, that was a good laugh. I enjoyed that. 
Well, we can encourage each other in our discipline. Let Indeed. us encourage others in our humble, <laughs> you know, working hard at this one. But um, yeah, good to hear that. That's. I think that sounds like a great book. The um, <laughs> the guide. So what was it again? One, uh, one Timothy. or two Timothy for you. Yes, for you. we'll put our little link on our show. Yeah. Oh, definitely worth considering. Well, it's been good to chat, Richard. Yes, chat, let's um, wrap it we, up there. We went rogue. Different structure yep. today. Didn't yep. talk about fun things first. I just was so excited about the Bible. Good to talk about that uh, one um, in 2 Peter 2, but also then 1 to 2 Timothy for you and kanji. Japanese kanji. That's right. With, Excellent. With cheerleaders and spies. <laughs> well, have a great uh, week, Joe, and yeah. uh, look forward. We'll have a, yeah, another chat next week. Sounds good. See ya. <laughs>